The greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its leaders and volunteers. Every week, founder of the community Big Hearts, Stu Starkey, will place the spotlight on leaders and volunteers, highlight key stories and statistics, and share insights to educate listeners and inspire everyone to have greater impact in their communities. Welcome to the community of Big Hearts. Uh, welcome back, everybody, uh, to Community of Big Hearts. This week, very excited, as always, to have Dr. Jennifer Frain. And newly to the podcast here, we have Damian Crowley, our executive director of the Community of Big Hearts. Uh, Dr. Jennifer Frain, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. You and your organization is an absolute institution here. Uh, some of the things that we learned when we were doing some research on new directions um, is that um, you guys have nearly 1,000 staff. Um, your organization has been around for approximately 136 years, um, and you've been the CEO for about 15 years. Is that correct? That's true. Yes. Um, I would love to hear. So uh, you guys have looks like 22, at least 22 programs going with huge reach in our communities. Uh, without making you um, uh, choose your favorite child, do you have programs that come to mind out of those 22 that you want to talk about and highlight here? Uh, sure. Um, I, though it is a bit challenging because they're, they're all my favorite children. Um, yes, I, I would like to talk about, I mean, we have... Um, we can break it down into divisions. So we have an adult division for folks with intellectual disabilities. We also have a child division, uh, working in child home services and the therapy programs are in there. And then we also have um, youth programs, which work with youth that are facing many barriers to their lives. Um, and we have lots of job training and educational resources for those folks as well. So um, I could talk about any one of those three. Um, uh, and certainly I would love to talk also about the Opiki Waywin program, our Indigenous cultural program that support provides support to all of those um, other programs as well. Well, let's do that. Let, let's dive into that program. We'd love to learn more. Okay, so Opiki Waywin was started by um, a pediatrician about 43 years ago and his wife. Uh, these were uh, uh, Winnipeg folks who had uh, adopted or um, brought in Indigenous children to foster or adopted into their homes. So this is back in the day um, before it was recognized that uh, Indigenous children should really be raised within Indigenous families. These families noticed that uh, when the kids reached the age of in adolescence, they started to really struggle um, and uh, things would go wrong in the families quite quickly. And if you know your developmental psychology, which I, I have a little training in, um, at the age in adolescence, um, kids job, the, the duty, the growing up part is to learn who they're going to be separate from their parents. And um, these uh, nice folks who had adopted an, uh, Indigenous children were finding that these kids were really struggling at that developmental stage. And the families were becoming um, very disrupted and sometimes breaking down. So they realized that what they were doing was wrong, like they or they were missing something big in terms of the care of these children. And what they were missing big was um, helping the kids learn who they were as Indigenous children. Mm. Um, started uh, Opiki Wayland, which was a project to or a program to help um, kids learn about their traditions, learn their language, learn um, their cultural traditions, practices, get their spirit names. 
Um, and so that program was started over 43 years ago or so, and it's been uh, doing that ever since. And it's now, it was a standalone program and it came into uh, Ch Children's Home, which is what New Directions was called for a hundred years. Um, it came into Children's Home and then moved into New Directions. So it continues today to provide language classes, um, uh, cooking classes. We have online cooking every Tuesday with um, Auntie Bannock. Um, we do beading classes while regalia making we host the giant powwow every year so that's through a little very small program at new directions but it has a big reach well first of all uh dr jennifer is being humble um i believe she was the president of a psychological national psychological uh institution for a little while uh, not too long ago Yes, I was the president of the Canadian Psychological Association in the uh, 2012, 2013 or so. I was on the board for about 10 years. Yeah. I've recently become a lot more educated on how important it is to, to teach um, young ones, you know, who they are and what their cultures are. One of my best friends recently um, fostered a family of four siblings in an emergency situation and yeah. Um, he's been teaching me about that importance and what they're doing and, and, and learning. And it's just really cool to see um, my friend learn along with the kids and, and how excited they are about it. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. And it's, it's vitally important. Like any of us know, you need to know who you belong to and who you are, and you need to be um, provided um, education that shows you you're a good, like, that's great that you're Indigenous. That's great that that those are and, and really as we know well know now residential schools really uh, deprived kids and, and destroyed um, uh, families there for quite a while and in fact made them illegal for some portion of our history here so there's a really important focus now on on doing everything possible to reclaim and to also to support indigenous folks to provide for their own Speak the truth, Jennifer. It says the, the first half of the truth and reconciliation that we need to have those conversations to educate yeah. what has happened so that people uh, know the truth and can start to heal. That's um, yes. really great that you guys have taken that on in a big way. Yeah, well, we've taken on and through this program for a long time. And now many other of our peers are doing the same thing now as well. So uh, we were, we were, doing it for you know, many decades and, and love to be able to continue to do it and to continue to um, broaden. Like we have a very inclusive program now for Opikiway when so it's not just for the kids, it's also to support all the people that we uh, care for in all of our different programs. So um, adults with intellectual disabilities, um, girls can go on the drum, like lots of, we have all sorts of inclusive programming within Opikiway when that is consistent throughout New Directions that we're very inclusive in every program. Um, and another one of my my favorite programs when I was going through this suite of offerings that you guys okay. have is the the cluster housing. I just I love the um, the the win win that that creates when you're bringing people together and giving them a sense of belonging and a sense of duty at the same time. That purpose um, you, you're teaching them how to be contributing to their new community, and it's just such a, a powerful feeling that I've seen. Um, and you guys are facilitating that and doing it at, at such a high level. I'd love to hear more about it and your perspective. Yeah, cluster housing is one of our newer. It's an offshoot of our supported independent living for folks who are with um, milder um, um, 
barriers to living. So they're, they're not in need of as much support as like a 24 seven home. We have those, we have a whole range of services from, from 24 seven to support independent living. And the cluster um, model was developed because, uh, well, in large part, because of the um, difficulty we were having in renting apartments and having people stably um, housed in, in apartments in the city, particularly when there's such a shortage of housing that landlords were frequently not picking our people to rent to. So we decided, you know, we do that ourselves then. So we, we started to get domain over, over um, units within a building or a whole building and have all the units available for our folks. And uh, it's turned into a very beautiful model um, because we have staff on site at all times. So even in our first one, which is at 818 Main Street, um, uh, there's a staffing lounge or staffing area in there, which is staffed and they, uh, the people can join together in a community to watch a movie together, have popcorn, have snacks in the staff area. So there's, it's um, the people who are in the cluster homes um, model used to be um, very precariously housed and sometimes homeless and sometimes still some of our people are intermittently homeless as they make choices but um, they're often often alone and isolated in the community and very vulnerable um, in the community as well to making bad choices or having bad things happen to them being exploited etc so the safety that is provided to them the increased safety and the harm reduction approach through the cluster housing is fantastic um, and we've been able to make really good friends with the people on the street and in the neighborhood. So there's good support for our, for our, our um, cluster homes. And we now have, I believe, seven, seven buildings or seven, yeah, we have lots. So it's, it's an area of, of pretty significant growth because the need is right there. So it's um, all the people that we support are folks who are eligible for adult funding in some way. So they're mostly folks who are um, eligible through community living disability services. We also have folks who come to us um, with through mental health funding as well. So these are folks who face a lot of uh, barriers to having a safe and good life. If you ever need any need um, on any of your housing programs in terms of relocation services, uh, we have two different programs that Two Small Men with Big Hearts offers um, for organizations Perfect. like yourself uh, which is the Big Hearts Move of the Month, where we partner with charities and, and donate a free move every month. Or um, every Christmas or holiday season, we have, this year we're doing 101 free moves um, to those that are most vulnerable through organizations like yourself. So if oh, that wow. might be of interest to your organization, we will put uh, Cassie, our community coordinator, in touch with your people. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Stuart. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. So I love hearing you talk about community and sort of growing the, the understanding um, and connection in your neighborhoods and getting to know sort of the people who are there and, and fostering that growth. And um, we'd love to learn more about sort of the direct impact that you guys are having in the community through, through actual stats and, and measures there. You know, I read you guys had around 10 staff who've been there for over 25 years and one staff member who's with New Directions for, is, is it 40 years? That's simply amazing. And I, I'm sure the direction goes so deep there. Um, are there any other stats that sort of come to mind uh, you could share with our audience? Well, certainly um, we, are, we are very lucky to have long-standing, long-serving staff. Um, people who come to New Directions, if they, if they last with us for about two years, they usually stick with us through the, through the, through the, um, 
that carry on. I'm celebrating 20 years this year myself. There's two other ones on senior director's team are also celebrating 20 years. And our, and our most senior one at 45 years is uh, just retiring now. Um, so uh, we are very blessed with amazing staff, like tremendous staff, tremendously committed and talented and, and compassionate staff. So the, those are the staff in terms of statistics. We, um, I think uh, Stuart nailed it, hit the head on the nail, we, or whatever that is, hit the nail on the head. <laughs> um, uh, um, when he said that we're not very well known outside of our sector. Within our sector, we're very well known. Mm -hmm. uh, we, are, we are the largest and oldest social service agency in Winnipeg. Um, we're very well known there and we've never needed to be known in terms of getting work because we are usually full we're running full and we have wait lists um, too too frequently we have wait lists of people trying to get in so it's never been for needing to you know get more uh, referrals we, we have plenty but um, we are now just beginning to realize the um, you know we're, we're so big and nobody knows about us that we really do need to start to to um, get get out of the shadows and, and get more known in order to attract the kind of offer that Stuart just made us um, and, and for people to know how they can help and how they can contribute to new directions and to all that we're doing. Also for board members or volunteers that we're having now come into new directions. Um, and we also, uh, another statistic I'd love to tell you is we're a big training institute. Um, so we train students of all kinds at new directions and we love students. In fact, I myself was a student at new directions long before I became the, the CEO, um, before I became a psychologist actually. Uh, and I knew, and it was it was important for me to be a student at New Directions because it gave me a sort of a pathway. People wonder why a nice psychologist like me is working at a social service agency. Well, part of it is because I had the model of it in my head before I went to graduate school. I knew about children from New Directions before, and I loved what they did and 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 the intent and the purpose of the organization. Um, and there were a couple of psychologists there who mentored me along my way as well. So. I had it as a role model, I had a, an example of it, and that led me down this sort of unusual path for a psychologist um, into my role. So we have students, so we have social work students, we have uh, child and youth care students, we have psychology students, occupational therapy students. Then we got smart a few years ago and brought in students of that kind we don't hire. So we have nursing students. We don't have a lot of, we have one nurse that works at New Directors, but we get nursing students. We have, um, um, uh, law students who do pro bono work for New Directions. So we have anywhere around 100 students that come in a year, 90 students who uh, um, get some experience at New Directions um, and then go on their way and maybe become board members later or maybe become our staff later. Or So that's a, um, a part that people appreciate is how much training we do and how tied we are to Red River College, Polytechnic, University of Manitoba, University of Winnipeg, uh, Yellow Quill College, um, we have lots of opportunities for people through that. Um, other stats is that we provide, um, you know, we, we train in job training programs for youth who are quite marginalized, some of them coming out of the justice system. We get about 200 youth a year into jobs after being working with us and, and being readied for that. We work with young moms doing educational programs. We work with uh, women and um, uh, transgender folk in, who have been exploited through sex trade. We work with uh, people who are parenting kids with FASD. So I could go on. As you know, we have two different programs. So it's really more a matter of um, what we don't do than what we do. Like we, we, we don't say no very often. We usually say yes and try, we try to figure out how we can help. 
So even cluster, we didn't have that. And we started to notice there's something where we don't, we're not having good luck in people apartments in the city. We better do it ourselves or we better figure out another way to do it. So that's how cluster came on board. Um, we, we have developments within our child services where we're recognizing that all kids, what well, we've recognized for years, but want to go home and want to be with family and that's their right. So we are going way out in terms of creativity of, of working with families wherever they're at to have them be as present to their kids as they possibly can versus back in the day with child welfare, often very separated. You know, the kids are either in care or they're with parents and those don't mix. Um, those days are long gone, thank goodness. And we have some really creative programming helping kids um, and their families be together as much as possible and hopefully live together permanently. Again, it's really impressive, so, to, uh, Jennifer. It's really impressive to see an organization of your um, age and size to be able to be nimble uh, problem solvers. Yes. Um, I appreciate yes. that, admire that so much because that's something that's really important to me is reacting to the problems at hand and. Um, yeah talk about one thing before I get to something that relates to that is um, I think something really unappreciated as I was listening to you about all the students that are volunteering is, you know, I heard that was your story and how you got involved. And I'm sure that's a story of many people not knowing that they can have this fulfilling uh, life um, while making it a career. Um, a lot yes. of people feel like they have to choose, um, you know, make the money or give back. And, and I love that you're showing you can do both and, and be full hearted um, and um, purposeful with your skills. So that's so cool. Yeah, well, I think um, there's uh, and I love to be able to say this now we have uh, two other psychologists at New Directions, and we and we now have another wave of psychology intern, and we're training undergraduate psychology um, students from University of Winnipeg who are at the undergraduate level, but are our profession is uh, not diverse enough. So we are taking U of W students from diverse backgrounds, giving them experience at New Directions under the supervision of psychologists, and encouraging them into graduate school to try to develop greater diversity within within um, the field of psychology. But so we do those kinds of things too. I think um, me and, and I'm not alone, I think you would, could talk to any New Direction staff. Um, there's a real beauty in that I'm the bureaucrat, like there's no bureaucracy here. Like directors who's wonderfully supportive, but we really um, have built trust over the years and not just me, but before me, it's a very trusted organization. And we don't do crazy stuff. We do, we, we, we're, we're very mindful of managing risks and doing what we need to do. But we are creative and 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 the DNA of Children's Home of Winnipeg then became New Directions. The DNA has always been how do we help? What do we need to do? And whatever we're doing today is not good enough. We need to improve. We need we can do it better tomorrow and we need to. And I would say in my time, 15 years at the head of this organization, our mission has not changed, but I think we are doing it different. Um, in terms of it's to foster the hopes and dreams of people in their communities. And I, I hate to tell you, but I think for a while there, we thought we knew what people's hopes and dreams were without asking them enough. So now we're really moving even from being um, person-centered, which is what we've been for quite a long, we're now moving forward to person-led. You tell us what you need from us. You tell us what your hopes and dreams are. And I have a wonderful story if you want me to tell you about. Um, dive right that. in. Please do. Okay. Um, in that we had a man who was in our support independent living, which is the sister to the cluster 
um, sister program for the cluster homes, who was in our supported independent living a number of years ago. And his dream was to become a long haul truck driver. That's what he wanted to do. He learned to want to drive a big rig. And nobody who knew him thought that that was ever going to be possible. He's an intellectually disabled person. He's eligible for adult supports. You know, he's nobody's thinking this is going to happen, right? But that was his hope and his dream. And so the staff worked with him and he took the test many times and he finally passed it. So he did it. It was his hope and dream. He wanted to do it. And we just got out of the way of our opinions or people's judgments about that and followed him and, and supported him and coached him. And he was able to do it about, you know, 10 or 15 years after he left us because he no longer needed to. He was, he was a long haul truck driver. He came back and found the case manager who at that time had become a manager and he found Sean and he said to him, um, I, I not only got the, the driver's license to be to drive the rig, I, I actually achieved my real dream. And he was proud to announce that he had driven the long haul truck or the big truck through all 50 states in the United States. That was his real dream and he'd done it, right? So he came back to report. So we have like people who, who like we've got psychologists, we've got occupational therapists, we've got social workers, we've got lots of very skilled and trained people at New Directions. And the risk when you're a professional is that you think you know best. And the reality is don't know best. We, we have some skills to offer. We have some, some suggestions to make, but the driving of the bus, the truck, the whatever is the individual. So no matter how big we get, no matter how diverse our programming is, Everybody at New Directions who comes for service gets an individualized plan. Everybody. It's their, it's their life. It's their plan. So there's no box or cookie cutter. Like you have to fit into this box to get into New Directions. Not at all. We'll just go with you where you need to go. <laughs> Jennifer, that's fantastic. I just love the model that you guys have set up there. It's, you know, nobody is, nobody's just nobody fits in one standardized group, right? And I right. think the perspectives you add in the organization with having the students, having a diverse range of occupations in there, all working together as a collaborative unit in a non-for-profit, that is a way to succeed, right? You can't always have the bureaucratic top-down approach to make things work efficiently and as possible. As a not-for-profit, you need to try different things. You need to be able to understand who is this person? How can we help out? Because you can be someone who comes along who's similar, but has a little bit of a difference. And you need to be able to tailor those differences to be able to make your direction stronger moving forwards. And with over a hundred years, that is fantastic. 136. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're by no means perfect. We're, as I said, we're always going to get better tomorrow, <laughs> but um, um, have that as our set point. Um, I think uh, um, some people who come to work for us actually find that we change a little too much for their, like you <laughs> change to be at new directions. You have to like to, to be pushed and to be challenged. It's a very learning organization. Like we're always learning, we're always pushing, we're always um, um, trying to do it better. So um, if if so, the staff group knows that, and I think self-select for that. Yeah, running an organization, um, I understand that it's easier to have cookie cutter um, processes and plans to deliver service, but it's yeah. it's often what's not needed when you end up delivering the service. So you're really increasing the degree of difficulty when you individualize your services, um, but yeah. being a lot more um, impactful to those that are getting them. Um, one of the things I, I heard you say um, is now you're starting to reach out more to the community. 
And I would really implore you to do that to the business community. One of the things that we're trying to do here is facilitate those uh, connections, that, that network of business owners to help yeah. deliver their services. This is the best way that we know how and leverage our giving by using our skills, by using our infrastructure to give back. We're a great platform for social change. And if we get married with those that need our services, this is the best way to give back to our community. Kind of like your you know, cluster home uh, programs are delivering is marrying those skills and um, making a, a small community to contribute to each other. So I, I'd love to ask you to help facilitate that conversation. What are the obstacles that you are running into that maybe some business owners that are listening can hang on to and propose, hey, maybe I can help you there? Hmm. I'm sure there's so many. I'm, uh, I mean, the Opiki Wayway program, um, because we're not an Indigenous-led organization, and many of the grants and other kinds of supports for that programming is are not open to us because our, our we're not an Indigenous-run organization. We have a number of Indigenous staff, we have Indigenous leadership, um, some, but we need more, and, and that's certainly on our strategic plan going forward. So we actually need more Indigenous leaders to take an interest in us and to, to support us in, in, in diversifying our, our, our staff group and our leadership group. Um, so that would be one ask. Um, but I think also the, um, uh, the Opiki Wayman program itself is a tiny little program with like very few staff that is actually the sort of the beating heart of New Directions in some ways, like it su provides support to so much. Um, and I know that Darlene Daniels is senior director of that in terms of recruiting knowledge keepers and elders to help us. Um, so uh, any help we can get in that way of, of sort of recognizing that we do support a number of Indigenous people and it doesn't look like that's going to end anytime tomorrow. And therefore, we still need um, more Indigenous um, community support into new directions. That would be a big one. Um, in terms of the uh, other business folks, I think those other um, uh, like ways to employ the youth that we train, that, that anybody who's willing to take in. And we also have lots of people with disabilities who are looking for work. Um, so I think any kinds of um, support we can get to employ our people would be huge. Um, we do have some social enterprises. I mentioned we have a little moving company ourselves. Um, we have a cleaning service ourselves. We also have a bigger uh, general construction, one of our social enterprises, ND Property Services. We actually do the repairs between tenants at Manitoba Housing. So we have contracts with Manitoba Housing for like they do the drywall, they do the painting, they do kitchen repairs and bathroom repairs. So, and that's with supervision of, of our staff um, on site. But those kind of opportunities, if anybody needs some small maintenance or general maintenance, that we, we have a lot of people we're training and supporting into getting into the job market who need additional help from a regular, um, they can't just go out there, put their resume in and get a job. They, they need a little more support than that. So that would be huge to give us more access to um, opportunities for our folks. I had a conversation like this off air um, with uh, the gal that runs Scope and they have their yes. own uh, moving company as well or had until COVID happened. And we were about to start an employment program with them um, for Perfect. when their clients had graduated out of their program um, and had already been trained as movers. It was like a win-win for us and them to provide employment yeah. they're already trained on. So if there's ever an opportunity like that, I mean, we would love to, to jump with that, to continue to help that employment, those trained skills um, 
and, and create, create stories like the one that you were telling earlier about the gentleman who got his uh, class one driver's license. Um, yeah. So we would love to help there. Um, I mm. definitely ask our listeners to uh, share this information and the, the messages and the programs that New Directions is doing so we can help Dr. Jennifer Frain um, expand um, uh, their programming and their reach. Uh, Jennifer, I warned you about this last question. Um, the reason that, that we ask it is because I believe that community is a group of people who socialize and those socializations impact each other. And so um, one of the most important ways we can impact each other is through kindness. So what is the most, uh, what is the kindest thing anyone has ever done for you? or the first thing that comes to mind? Yeah, um, I think it's in the mentoring of me as a psychologist in social services, the, the um, coaching and the, and the gentleness of the people who were before me, who, who um, um, encouraged me to come into New Directions, like help me envision that as a, as a reality and welcome me in, and then mentored me um, so that they, uh, social services, um, in case you might not know this, can be overwhelming. Um, and, a, and a place the size and the, and the scope of new directions can be quite um, quite a you know a, a, an undertaking. Um, so I think the, the best kindness I had was the mentoring and the coaching of psychologists before me to mentor me into my current position. Um, uh, certainly, um, uh, I, I was very well um, coached and and um, sort of um, developed to a point to let me have my confidence, like get my full confidence before I, I, I was set on my own. Um, so I think that mentorship and that coaching um, in terms of just how it was done for me is why I'm still here. And I've been at New Directions 20 years and the head of this organization for 15. Um, so I think they did a pretty good job of, because uh, I think I've known other people who come in and can get quite overwhelmed and, and don't really know where the practice of psychology fits in all of this. Um, and I, um, so I am very um, um, grateful to those earlier psychologists who, who I followed their footsteps. Well, we are so grateful to have you in our community and leading an organization like this. The impact that you guys are having is incredible. Thank you so much for your time today. And You're I hope to welcome. connect with you really soon. Yeah, I look forward to that. Story. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you very much. And Gloria as well. Thanks very much for this opportunity.